This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, so coming along is not what happened with the Belichick-Brady relationship with Robert Kraft with the New England Patriots. Um, even though they were still winning and they won a Super Bowl and then the bottom kind of fell out thereafter. This is tough. This is the toughest era to talk about Tom Brady's career, in my opinion, the end in New England, because I think the first question is, did it need to end? Could it have been salvaged? Is is the Giselleification of Tom part of it where she brought a certain mentality and I'm not saying it's wrong, but she brought the, my body, my, I am the product mentality from her world to Tom, the evolution of TB 12 and Alex Guerrero and, and all of those things. Um, everybody that's watching on uh, YouTube saw that Paul Perel, true professional muted himself to cough for a second there. Um, the end, where did it, where did the end begin? Was it money? Was it nickeling and diming, or are there other layers? I know some people believe that when Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl, it was the beginning of the end for Bill Belichick really? and Tom Brady. Yes, really? that's I, I hadn't really heard that theory specifically. Um, Bill didn't think, put the best interest of the football team first. He cost yeah. a Super Bowl, and and maybe that was like a, you know how they say like little fissures, little cracks, and then water gets in and it it pushes it further out, freezes like that. That could have been the initial crack, but why did it go wrong, Paul? I think all of it is probably all of it is contributing factors. You know, Giselle, I do think Giselle sort of explained to him the importance of sort of defending himself. You know, don't let him call you Johnny Foxborough. Like, <laughs> you, you are the team, you know, like, no, in all seriousness. No, I know. You know, I, I but I, I think Bill, I think Tom was sort of content to say, yeah, it's just Bill being Bill. And then Giselle's like, what, what are you talking about? Why, why don't they appreciate you more? You know, why are you compensated more? What are you doing? And, and I do think that was part of it. Um, and I, I do think that the Malcolm Butler thing, I never really thought of it in those terms, but that's certainly part of it. I think a lot of players felt that way. Um, you know, Devin McCourty has spoken about that in the past. Um, and I also think the way Deflategate unfolded and that initial sort of, I think, cutting ties. With, I thought they hung Tom Brady out to dry. And that initial press conference, you know, are you a cheater? I don't believe so. Like, what what is going on? Like, these reports are out there from Chris Mortensen and ESPN that have since been debunked. Mm -hmm. And he's up there answering questions for something that, what you know, whatever part he had in it, he was not the sole reason for all that to happen. And I think that they kind of left him out there. And I think that bothered him, too. I think he felt like he was a little bit more on his own than he had felt previously. So I think all of this contributes to it. And it's the march to time. But, you know, Andy, the bottom line that you can't get around is Bill Belichick decided, I can't rely on a guy 41, 42, 43 years old to keep, just keep doing the same thing. 
I don't think he was wrong. Now, time has told us that he he was wrong, but I don't think it's an irrational thought for a head coach to say, I can't rely on a guy when he gets up into his mid-40s to right. keep playing at a high level. Bill Belichick bet that he wouldn't. Tom Brady bet that he would. Tom Brady won the bet. Right. And, you know, it's funny. We started this talking about gambling and betting in the state of Massachusetts. I agree with you. Like, betting in general is a long-term proposition. You're not going to bet once, win, and go home rich. Like, a lot of people bet, and they have their ups and their downs, and they hope at the end of the year they're a little bit more up than they are down. I think if Bill Belichick made that same bet ten times, nine times, he's probably right. Tom Brady's the outlier. Tom Brady's the one time where the quarterback was going to play till he's 45 at a ridiculously high level, which, by the way, he told us he was going to play till he was 45 a long time ago, and we didn't really listen to him, and he played to 45. So, you know, he was kind of being honest. Um, the thing I want to get into here is, because I agree with you, I think documentaries will be made, books have been written, like this, the end of the Tom Brady Patriots era is always going to be fascinating and probably never be fully filled in with details so we truly understand Kraft's side, Belichick's side, Brady's side, even Giselle's side. Because this is, and I'll go back to, this is where I got complicated mostly with Tom Brady, you know, sort of the end of his Patriot career where I thought he was a bit of a fraud. I thought he was a bit of a hypocrite. I thought he changed. I thought, you know, I thought Bill Belichick was more consistent with who he was and stayed who he was and his beliefs and his core values. And I thought Tom Brady evolved into more of a diva quarterback and a guy that was looking and sort of led the way probably for the, this trend of it going down that road with the Russell Wilsons and the, the Aaron Rodgers and all these guys that the NDAification, as we've called it, um, of the quarterback position in the NFL. Did you, did you have a problem with it? I, I didn't really, because I always, I, I felt like there was an element that the team sort of took him for granted a little bit. And the fact that he was going to be willing to take a little bit less to set the salary structure with inside the locker room, which as you know, I've never bought as mm -hmm. being any kind of a contributing factor to the team's success. I know that that's the myth that we've been sold time and time again. Well, when the quarterback only makes X, no one else can make more than that. And we don't want the quarterback making X percentage of the salary. None of that had anything to do with the team's success. It was all greatness of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And, and others. And it, a few it, others it, well, sprinkled in. That, that's part of Bill Belichick's greatness. Right. You know, getting the pieces around him, the, the right pieces around him to play. It's not about the quarterback took less. You're seeing it now again. Every year at this time, Andy, we start to see these ridiculous notions that you can't win if you pay your quarterback big money, except for Patrick Mahomes makes as much as anybody. And he's always in the, the, the running at this time of year. You know, it's just, it, it's a myth. And the don't salary the can be manipulated as Bill Belichick told us many times and, and all teams do it. So to me, I think he stopped allowing himself to get taken advantage of that way. Yeah, you know my theory, uh, or, or I'll share it with you now if I haven't said it. You never regret the contract, you regret the player. If you pick the right player, you don't really care what he makes. Like, no one's going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' money or Joe Burrow's money, in my opinion, because they're great. You know when you talk about money? When you picked the wrong guy. Right. You gave John U. Smith $50 million. He was the wrong guy. You shouldn't have. He's not worth it. That's where the mistake, it's not like you can't fit his contract under the cap. 
you wish you couldn't. You wish you didn't have it on there because he's not good. He's not the right guy. Yeah, uh, but Tom Brady more. was what? Couldn't agree more. Tom Brady was the right guy for so long, and then he did something pretty special. The reality is he took a, a Hall of Fame goat career and buffed it up a little bit and put it on another pedestal when he went to Tampa and he won. And not only won, but on the field, I think it was obvious they were a good team. I mean, they were a 5,000-yard offense who had a quarterback that turned it over the year before, and they, they just needed something, and it was well sold by them. And I think Bruce Arians was was willing to let Tom Brady – kind of put his fingerprints on the team that first year and lead it. And, and I think he used the, you know, teach it how to win, teach it, teach, teach them, set a tone. I think that was the other thing is he was revitalized. He had a point to prove. He was revitalized. He was, he was going to OTAs. He was no longer skulking out of OTAs and, and different things. And so it was the perfect storm, in my opinion, in Tampa Bay for him to come away looking LeBronian, where LeBron has taken the finals and the NBA title with him, where he goes, proving just how great. You know, I said we use GOAT too many mu- too much. LeBron James is an all-time great. I don't know if he's the GOAT, but he is proven he's different than virtually anybody else in that transitional factor. And I'll ask you that question. Does that prove Tom Brady was more important than Bill Belichick? Yeah, and you know that I was on the other side of that argument. You know this from when you were with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always felt Bill was a little bit more responsible for the success. I don't think that way anymore. I mean, and that's not just because of what Brady did in Tampa, but what happened to the Patriots here. Um, Does it also, just real quick, because I thought you were going to say something different there, not just what Brady did in Tampa and what happened to the Patriots afterwards, but doesn't Mahomes also affect that? Like, he's taken over as the next for lack of a better word, breaking my own rule, GOAT quarterback. <laughs> and they go to five straight AFC title games. They're in their third Super Bowl. They have a Super Bowl. They, I mean, yeah, he could easily hot, have. Hot. Talk to me when they go to eight in a row. Uh, right? Okay. Well, I'll talk to you in three years then. Because <laughs> I think there's a really good chance of that. Because they now have the GOAT quarterback and the great coach, Hall of Fame coach, whatever you want to call yeah, Andy Reid. He's a great Reed. coach. I, you know, I don't know if he's Belichick as a coach, but Andy Reid's a great coach. And yeah, it's it's just showing you that it doesn't have to be just one way. And and it shows you that, oh, you, you got rid of Tyreek Hill. Well, Patrick will make it work with whoever the hell he's making it work with, not named uh, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey obviously is a terrific tight end, although I do find it funny how Patriots fans have now sort of, they, they snap back at the Mahomes lost all his weapons and is still great. We just got Travis Kelsey. Well, that's funny. I've been hearing from Patriots fans for the last five years that Travis Kelsey stinks. He's nothing compared to Gronk. Yeah, Fitzy actually said they were old and broken down last year and that the Patriots had better weapons. One of the dumbest things he's ever said on this podcast. Don't worry. We we, we aired it out. But yes. Well, but, you know, but the funny thing is, in terms of just wide receiver cores right now, Patriots is at least as good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But that's... And, and it's important to point out Brady always had Gronk or Welker or Moss or Edelman. Like he, I mean, I won't say always. There were a couple of years in there where he had dismal weapons, but for the most yeah, part, like the, he had goats and Hall of Famers with him too. Yeah, the old five oh six. You know, early on it was more of a it was more of a running thing. But as he started throwing the ball more, yeah, it's David Givens and Deion Branch, good players, but nothing you know, nothing special. So did he? Um, 
did he do any harm to his legacy at any point in recent years, whether it's leaving the Patriots, which worked out, won a title, early retirement, now you have coming back for a, a final season that I've heard some people say like is regrettable. It cost him his marriage. It cost him his family. They didn't win. He wasn't as good. And you even mentioned it. Um, part of his legacy are three significant football scandals. You have Spygate, Deflategate, and then whatever the hell happened with the Dolphins and that flirtation and going there with Sean Payton. Is is he just Teflon Tom, as I've kind of called him over the years? Is is the simple legacy going to be, boy, he's a pretty good-looking man, and boy, was he good, and boy, did he win a lot, and I'll just forget everything else? That's going to be the legacy. It should be, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the scandals are what they were. Um, I don't <laughs> necessarily I, I don't necessarily hold them all, you know, especially the Spygate. I don't hold against him. Uh, the Deflategate, to me, was not a huge deal. I think they did something, but I don't think it was certainly anything worthy of the amount of attention uh, and sanctions that it received. Um, and the last thing, I, I, I hold nothing of that. I mean, tampering, please. I mean, these guys all tamper all the time. Um, but the, the legacy, to me, is going to be the greatness. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, he went to the Wizards at the end of his career and, you know, he didn't really win anymore. Like, does anybody talk about the Wizards? No. I talk about Michael Jordan. Anybody talk about like the ownership thing and, and all that? No, they talk about the six titles and, you know, the, the daggers against Utah and things like that. I think that's the way people are going to talk about Tom Brady 10 years from now, too. And I, and I think that's the way it should be, because I will circle back around to where we started. He's the greatest. He is the greatest quarterback winner. I mean, he's on the cliche alert Mount Rushmore of just athletes and winners and like you want to cross sports and he's entered that that weird land of you know I think Jerry Rice at receiver or whatever these guys that are just so far ahead of everybody else it's almost accepted you don't you don't have a lot of debates anymore or barroom you know arguments about it that's where he is that's what he earned and now I think it's going to be interesting because it is the modern era and you don't just go away And I just started actually a book, um, Jeff Perlman's Bo Jackson book uh, about the last folk hero and the fact that Bo's greatness at that time was different because it's all lore. It's all stories. It's all, you know, what could have been. It's like highlight real plays, people remembering things. Now everything is so instantly and intimately documented that there's no room for good storytelling and like eh, maybe fluffing up the fish story a little. It wasn't this big. It was, you know what I mean? With Bo, there still was that Tom basically played in a more modern era where hell Fred Kirsch is putting out, you know, three games to glory and all these things, documenting everything. Everybody's mic'd up. I do think there could be some classic Brady uh, mic'd up stuff. I I think some of the stuff you and I have seen behind the scenes at times could be entertaining whenever those get, uh, get released or the statute of limitations comes up on, uh, keeping those but where now i know he has a contract theoretically with fox to do you think he'll do you think he'll 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 start that at least i think he has to like wouldn't it be weird if he didn't (laughs) i don't know i I would i would be surprised if we don't see him uh you know a week from sunday in the pregame you know like that endless hours of pregame on fox i don't think he's you know he's not going to be next to greg olson in the booth no 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 Um, no, no. but he's going to be part of that um 
that coverage leading up to the Super Bowl. And yeah, I agree. I kind of feel bad for for Greg Olson because I think he's pretty good. He um, is very good. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you got to just hand. You're not giving him thirty million dollars to to be the second guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, some random regional game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't give it at least a year. And will then maybe be, he decides he doesn't like it. Will you be surprised if he's good? Yeah. Me yeah, too. I think I think he's got that that political mindset of, you know, being very mindful of his image and how he's perceived. And everything is so crafted. I just can't imagine that he's going to be critical of these guys on the field publicly. I know, I know what he'll think. Right. Right. You know, we've seen the emails and stuff that have come out about random that, you know, that, that, that was the guy, right. like that, that, you know, I don't think we'll hear that on, on Sundays on Fox. And that's too bad. Cause I do think, I mean, he has such a breadth of knowledge and experiences and such a close relationship with bill that I think could be injected into broadcasts as little anecdotes, but I think he's going, you're right. I think he's going to be guarded and anytime you're guarded in those roles, and then you end up being not very good. You end up being right. vanilla. What I think but- you should do, Andy, is like the, the kind of that approach that Romo had at the very start. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that he's not going to know everything that's going to happen before it happens. Right. He's considered the greatest pre-snap quarterback in the history of football. Exactly. So I think he should litter his broadcast with that stuff. I mean, not every play, but big plays. Right. And and just like wow us with your, your knowledge. And that way you sort of – it's not necessarily criti- being critical of the players or the coaching or the decisions. You know, time up. Do you ever hear like when, when Peyton and Eli are doing their, their Manning casts and they do the two minute drill at the end of the, the halves right. and the game? It's awesome. Right. And he's and getting, I, I yeah, when it's like 147 and he's like, well, you take one play here, it's going to be down to 132 and you take a timeout and you're going to be like, and they just start, but a bit, a bit, a bit. Yes. Right. That's and, what and Tom Brady should do. And he can do that without offending anyone. Without Exactly. That, off- that's his out. Yeah. So maybe he will do that. But, I just don't envision – I think he signed a 10-year, $370 million contract, whatever. I don't envision that when I'm watching games seven, eight, nine years from now, Tom Brady's doing them. Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be like Troy Aikman and just right. like really so, take to it and do it. 0.0. So what is he? Where does he go? Is it ownership? Is it – I know people have thrown out political aspirations. People have talked about – I think for a while there he thought TB12 was going to be the outlet. He seems to have – Kind of cooled on that now. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Ownership. Um, I think ownership is something like there's something to that Miami thing. The ownership thing. I, I I wouldn't be now. I don't think he can do both. You can't be in the Fox booth and have a <laughs> you know five percent ownership in the Dolphins. These Patriots yeah. suck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do think that ownership is in his future. Do you, I mean? Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that the next logical step? I would think so, and especially now. The only thing I don't know and. I don't want to go too far into this world because I don't think it's really fair or appropriate. I just don't know the personal, the the family, where his family life is going to go. I mean, I have said, so I'll repeat that because I've already said it once. Like people will say he threw his marriage away to come back this year. Yeah. I think if his marriage ended this year because it, it was it was already over, it was already doomed. It was just when, not if. Another, another thing that you and I agree wholeheartedly on. But I do think he loves his kids. I do think he's a pretty passionate father and some of these guys surprise you sometimes like it wouldn't totally stun me if he just did like all of a sudden he's coaching his kids somewhere like I always say that just get out of the spotlight maybe it's some private school 
where he takes over and he's the quarterback's coach with his kid, right? Like, you never know. Like, you never know where passion and loyalty drive you. And if you're all in on your kids, like if Ben – because I believe Ben plays football. I believe he plays for some – I think you're right. So I know we think because he's Tom Brady, whatever he does has to be – he'll either be the best broadcaster in the world or he'll be a politician and run for president or he'll be an owner. Maybe he'll be a dad. Maybe, like, maybe he'll kind of fade into the – the family world for a little bit while little while oh the other thing on the broadcast career if he's going to be a sensitive little db like he was with ninkovich in that i don't know if you saw that exchange where he got mad at ninkovich basically for criticizing him over the course of the season he's not cut out for the media world if that's what he's going to be if he just if that's how sensitive because he's going to get ripped at times in the media world because everybody says stupid stuff right and then when you say something stupid you're going to get called out for it and if it's going to bother you Right. You, you're probably going to have to move on. Okay. So as we put the wraps on this, uh, wow, extended edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a Tom Brady career retrospective from day one with Paul Perillo and the Rookie Diary and Patriots Football Weekly straight on through the emotional retirement this morning. Is there anything you feel like we didn't touch on? What What is the lasting memory or untold story that we didn't touch on? Just the ultimate winner. I don't think there's anything that we didn't touch on. I think we it's just the, the one thing that when you think of Tom Brady, the first word that comes to mind to me is win. And if you had Tom Brady, more than likely you won the game. And that's I think that's his lasting. It's it's so funny how similar with Jordan. Like, and it, 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 you know, I was just thinking as we were doing, and I'm sure people have talked about this over the years, but I don't really remember it. Like, Jordan dominates the NBA, then leaves to go play baseball. Wouldn't it have been funny if Tom, who was drafted in the Major League Baseball, just, you know, eh, like, as you said, like, after the 04, there's got to be more to life than this. And he right. just decided to play baseball for a couple of years. Right. I, I just think those two, their two personalities are so similar. And just they wanted to win first and foremost above all else. And, and I think that is the last. And not only wanted to win. <laughs> one they did did. (laughs) you know like a lot of people want to win and there's probably a lot of people that are even as invested but you marry that and i always say this like with jordan you marry the desire to win the willingness to work at it with great talent i don't want to undersell brady's talent he was ridiculously talented because while he couldn't wow you the way josh allen does the ability to scan a football field and go to your fifth option and then deliver a perfectly accurate throw is talent is is ability is I hand like there's a lot that goes mm-hmm. into that and you know one of those was a Givens one that I'll always remember where he went like right to left all the way every single read and then goes back to the right Eagles. sorry Eagles Super Bowl yeah there, to me there's only a few quarterbacks that have ever played the position that have the stones the confidence the awareness to do something like that most freak out on like their second read never mind their fifth or sixth read um, so yes I want to leave the uh, final thought here. Paul Perillo and Andy Hart never agree on anything. Some would say we're the two most negative people that ever been team reporters in the history of the world. <laughs> Bill O'Brien might be one of those that says that. <laughs> and and yet, we, and matter of fact, he has said that to us true. at the combine. Uh, and 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 yet, in the end, we agree. Tom Brady was the greatest there ever was. Uh, there was some ups, there was some downs. It was a unique career with the Patriots, and certainly a unique career that came to an end in Tampa Bay. But GOAT is thrown around too often. It is accurate for Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Look at you. Nice. Got the full name. When you Get praise somebody, name. either when you're mad at him or when you're graduating or, you know, praising, you use the full name. So we got the full name there. For Paul Perillo, I'm Andy Hart. 
Uh, and you may have noticed, by the way, I should say it late, Fitzy is on vacation. That's why he couldn't take part and give you the fan perspective of Tom Brady's career and the industry around which he built himself as a super fan in New England, thanks to Tom Brady. But he'll be back uh, next week to talk about that. For Paul Perillo, I'm Andy Hart. This has been Six Rings and Football Things Out. <laughs>